welcome to From the Field to the Fans podcast. I'm your host, Kisa Ramirez. Joining me, like usual, senior sports reporter Paul Livingood. But we also, we're kind of big time now, I think. We've gotten a little to our heads, but I think we're in a point where, like, we're like, we're the, we're, we're, from the field of the fans and we deserve you know recognition we put six of these a week out i agree we need an audience right now the audience the reported attendance is only one down from like four last week but you know you have down weeks but joining us per usual trusty uh producer managing editor imani mcgarrell all reliable right here just grinds with us every week on this podcast and then as last week, recurring uh, audience member, lifestyle editor, Mariah Simank is here. She's going to ask us a question later on in the show, our new From the Audience to the Fan segment that I think will be fun. Um, but we're here to talk football. Paul, before we get into it, how are you? You seem, I guess, worked Dude, out. Oh, man, I just got out of lacrosse practice, and I am extremely sore. Um, but... I don't want to talk about lacrosse. We're here to talk about football, so I guess we'll get to that. You know um, who isn't sore? Who? Texas State football team. True. Because they didn't get tackled a lot against Prairie View. They did not. Last week, 63-24 win against uh, the Panthers, FCS caliber. Now you beat a team that you're supposed to beat by a lot of points like you're supposed to do. How much do we – I ask this question a lot. I'm eventually going to stop because we're going to know the team more. How much do we really know about this team offensively, defensively, special teams, whatever? From my perspective, and even Coach Fran said it himself, we don't really know much about the team. Um you have two games where it's on the opposite sides of the spectrum. You you got destroyed by Florida State, and that's you can't really take any statistics or anything from that. And you play Prairie View in your second game where you completely blow them out. And so those stats are kind of blown up in a sense. So for right now, I think this game is going to be the first real game that like where the stats reflect the team and where they are. And Coach Dennis Franchione said that himself in the press conference Tuesday. He said, even going to the point that he said statistics are meaningless from the last two games. I mean, there's not a lot of things. As I wrote in my uh, weekly lunch with Coach Fran article, the season starts now. You can scratch out the first two games of the season. They basically didn't happen. It's a 10-game season for Texas State, and you're looking at you need to win six to seven of them to really get a bowl game, probably seven considering the circumstances of everything. Nine penalties, talked about that already. 300 passing yards against FCS, talked about that. For me, what that means is this defense, though Fran said they across the board played better, I don't, I'm still very unsure of what they are. I agree. Um, the defense was struggling right now. Uh, they're averaging 346 passing yards allowed per game, which is quite a bit. That's a lot. Especially when you play an FCS team. For one of them, yeah. So, I mean, and then they, they're allowing 172 and a half yards on the ground. And, I mean, you put those together, that's 519 total yards average per game that they're giving up. I don't know where that ranks in the NCAA. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't check, but it's got to be towards the bottom of the nation. It has to be. So they need to figure something out. They need to figure out something out quick. I think there's just more question marks than answers across that entire unit. I mean, he, Fran talked about Marshawn Dillon playing well, Dallas McClarty playing well, Tim Gay playing at linebacker. You had David Mims and Brandon McDowell got that big punt return. But the linebacker core, I'm still very, like, uneasy about it. But Jared Jeter Gilman is going to return uh, this week after missing two games due to academic suspension. Um, maybe that, that he, fin he I think he had 46 tackles last year. Not a lot, but he's definitely one of the, especially with Mayo and Ordiari and everyone gone. He has opportunity. He to has do opportunity, well. and he could be the guy. Like, maybe they won't have to rely on Tim Gay as much as a linebacker. Maybe they can utilize him otherwise. I, 
I, Fran did say, though, his offense, I think he has a better grasp of what he knows, right? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you saw a, a, a real good bounce back for the offense. Um, they're averaging right now 224 rushing yards per game and then 250 in the, uh, in the air. So they're very balanced right now, uh, which is, I think, what Coach Fran wants from his offense. Tyler Jones is, is, the, is the motor of the offense. He makes all the decisions. Well, I guess you could argue they run on the, on the legs of Robert Lowe and, and Chris Nuttall. But still, Tyler Jones is the one that has the ball in his hand every single play. He's the quarterback. The quarterback, I mean, in the NFL, it's a quarterback-driven league. In college football, usually the team that has the best quarterback wins games. So him playing well is going to be a key benefactor for the Texas State Bobcats. They have 11, I think, upperclassmen on the entire offensive unit, which means Juniors Fran, and seniors. Yeah, he, which he mean, said that many times. Yeah, and which means Fran has – he at least he knows what he has with this team. There's not a lot of uncertainty. There's a little bit, but there's not nearly as much as the defense. And last week's performance gives them some confidence, whereas last week, yes, Texas State won. 24 points against an FCS school is not really successful, what I call successful for a defense. So two games in – they haven't had a performance that was like, wow, this is what we've seen. Maybe we see it in Southern Miss. Maybe we don't. But going back to what you said, the running game, I think that starts and ends with the offensive line. Fran talked about it. He called them a college group compared to a kindergarten group two years ago. That's all you got to say to really talk about how they've developed in the last two, three years. Yeah, I agree. Um, back in 2012-2013, uh, Fran alluded to the fact that he had what he called an FCS offensive line where he would cringe like he didn't want to send them out there against the big bad boys, against uh, the other defensive line. And now he has really big boys up front. 6'5", 6'4", 260. Yeah, so they they have they, – they look the part and they have the strength and they're creating gaps for the running backs. They're much more mature. They're all upperclassmen. Because, um, I mean, back when we played Southern Miss last time uh, – Coach France uh, mentioned that all his linemen were freshmen and sophomores, and for so, some of them, it was their first collegiate start ever. Exactly, because that was that was the uh, the home opener, or the yeah. season opener actually. Yeah. So now they're much more established. They have a lot of football under their belt, and so they've seen more things, and they they get it in terms of a mental standpoint. So I think that that is going to be a huge deal. The fact that they have a veteran offensive line uh, behind them, and so. That's that's my spiel. I meant to look up the stat, but forgive me, audience. I know I'm disappointing oh. you with the actual not. I don't have it, but I'm willing to bet a lot of Taco Bell money that Tyler Jones has been sacked less than three times in two games. I think it was one against Florida State. He hasn't State, been on his back very much. And like, I, I don't even, that was probably Florida State. And I don't even think – I think it was twice. I, really, I don't think he was sacked much against Florida State anyway. Like, it was a good performance for the okay. line too. Like, it was pretty clean, if you remember. Yes. Not a lot they of penalties, lot of not a lot yeah. of sacks. I remember a couple, but it wasn't a lot. And I don't think Prairie View, he touched the ground or was touched at all. When the first team was running. Yeah, so I don't really – I think the offensive line has played – if anything, uh, and Ballard even got co-offensive player of the week uh, for Prairie View. I think they're yeah. the, one of the strongest units on the team. Um, and I think that's a good point to talk about. But if, as we talked about earlier, statistics, the only statistic to me that matters at all, and I talked about in my column, they played 66 players against Prairie View A&M and 61 against Florida State. And that's a lot of players. That number is going to go down as the oh, real competition go. But what I take away from that is that the second, third string units got Connor White played both games. Stedman Mayberry, the entire defensive unit, got the play in time that they w otherwise that's wouldn't have had. Solid experience that they get. And I think that's good. 
I mean, on the flip side, though, the first the first unit really didn't have a, comp- a reliable benchmark to play yeah. because you played Florida State and they weren't in that league, and you played Prairie View and they weren't in that league. So I don't know how much the first unit, if it ever, has been tested this year. Yeah, Coach Fran uh, mentioned that he, he said that Tyler Jones has really only played five quarters of football this entire season yeah. out of the eight. And he said it was the three against Florida State and then the first half of the Prairie View A&M game. So, but – on the flip side, it, it it's good for the program in terms that you're getting young guys, time, people that don't really play that might play in future years, so that that might set them up for success in years to come. So, but as as the season uh, goes along, not as many people are going to play. Um, it's going to be a lot more competitive. I think that starts now. I think this is going to be their first battle test of the season, and so I'm excited to see how that turns out. Now you're one and one. We're right in line with our expectations before the season at this point. How high, or if at all, how high should their confidence be at this point in the season? Uh, I talked to CJ Best the other day in the press conference, and he he mentioned that they were confident in themselves, but they they just want to go out and show what they can do. Um, that they don't want to be they don't want to be too high or too low. They just want to go out and do their part and just prove to everybody that they can play. So. We're 10 minutes in almost, and we still haven't talked about their next opponent. Southern Mississippi, September 19th at Bobcat Stadium, Saturday night, 6 p.m. They are 1-1 one one this season, coming off a 52-6 to six win over Austin P. Last year, they were 3-9 and nine overall, 1-7 and seven in the Conference USA West Divi- uh, Division. They, interesting team. Um, I don't know, maybe a toss at the line is three points. Where are their strengths, offense, defensively? What are you? What are we going to see against uh, with Southern Miss Saturday night? For them, they're going to be very similar to us in the fact that they are very balanced. They do pass the ball a little bit better um, than we do. Uh, they average 170 and a half rushing yards per game, and then 293, so nearly 300 yards of passing per game. But I will say that even though. Mullins is almost averaging 300 yards a game yards-wise. He has thrown three picks in two games, which is kind of problematic. And even Coach Fran said that he has a solid arm, but he likes to throw it in, like into tight coverages. So, And that was a part of one of my matchups was the fact that if he's going to be a little bit ambitious, uh, the secondary for the Bobcats could maybe get a pick or two. And or David something. Mims having five last year himself. Yes. Yeah, so that was a good point you made, out, made there. Um, Fran also said in that press conference, 19 transfer players for Southern Miss. On it's, it's become like a concerted effort. Um, they were 3-9 and nine last year. They're in Conference USA, near at the bottom tier of that West division. And I read a preview article just to get some perspective about people who know them. And they're viewing this Texas State game as a must win because the way they put it, if they beat Texas State, there's a good chance they get a bowl game. If they don't, they're not going to get one. It's like hard and fast, uh, pivotal. I don't think the stakes are as high for Texas State, but they're pretty high regardless. Um, it just seems like you're getting players from Kansas and all around. Yeah, they had Kansas, Oklahoma, Miami, just all kinds of like higher-tier programs that the guys have transferred from. And there, that was just the, the defensive yeah. line, that, just those three guys. So, I mean, they have quality guys. And I even asked uh, Coach Fran, I was like, what, what does that do in terms of – like preparing for a team that you know has top Division One talent, and he's just like, well, that you just know that they're good players. That you know they're going to be fit. They're big and they're fast, so that poses a problem in itself. But they're not going to approach it any differently than any other team. 
and they're just going to go out there and play football. They're must win now for some, win now worry about everything later mentality because a lot of these players are leaving in a year and it's the you what you lose in continuity is what you gain in talent level it's a gamble that southern miss is taking yeah. maybe it turns out well maybe it doesn't i don't think it will personally but who knows it's a big jump from go to three wins to six to seven to get that bowl game it, it just i don't know but i applaud them for at least going there as you talked about in your preview southern miss has a similar offense and style to Texas State. In a sense, In yeah. a sense. They run the RPOs, what Fran calls about the run-pass options, where they have several options on one play. Yeah. Seems to be the, 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 the name for college football. Everyone does it, basically. Yeah. Um, but it's worked out. Nick Mullins, as you've already talked about, they're running the ball to keep them honest. 66 times for 341 yards. They're, they're an offense that we've at least have some familiarity, just like last week. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, they have their running back, Edo Smith. He has 200 yards by himself, 204 yards and a touchdown. Um, the receivers are very spread out in terms of their production. Uh, three players have A-plus catches. So, I mean, uh, Nick Mullins is spreading out the ball to a bunch of different guys. I think when I, was, when I was looking at their stats, there was easily like 15 to 20 guys that have at least one catch. Very so balanced. It, it was very, very balanced. So, I mean, they – and um, with the run-pass options, it's very, it's very mental in terms of like guarding it as a defense because – you think that you have like he's gonna give it to the running back. It's a, it's a called run play, and then you crash too early, and then Nick Mullins is like, "Whoop! I'm gonna slip it out and go back over yeah. the top, and you're screwed." So, I mean, that's pretty much the basic scheme of what they do. So, I mean, it's it's more of kind of a run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then okay, now that I got you thinking I'm gonna run the ball again, I'm gonna hit you with a big play. So I mean, I, and I honestly think that's why they have so many passing yards is because of the big plays that they get. Because I saw when I was looking at the longs, uh, the, the the longs for all the receivers, it was like 50, 60, 45, 33, and it was it was long plays. So that's a common theme that I think will influence a little bit by the last game. But I feel you. I feel you with yeah. that. Um, Fran is expecting a lot of points to be scored in this game. Track me. Track me. Unlike last meeting, 2012, very, very different circumstances, but yes. it's the same teams. 22 to 15 victory for Texas State in 2012. That's when Tyler Arndt was still quarterback. And that was Tyler Jones was a freshman, but he wasn't playing. Yeah. He didn't get to he didn't get into like four games after that. So And Tyler Arndt, if you didn't know, was very he was not the quarterback that you want leading no. your division one program. He did though lead them to the victory, led them to a seven play, seventy five yard touchdown drive, capped it with a nineteen yard run to win the game with under three minutes to go, won the game. I don't think it's going to be 22-15. I'm, I think we're both on the same page where it's going to be more. Oh, definitely. And it'll be interesting to, um, it'll be interesting to kind of like see whether which defense, as you talked about in your preview or in, in general, we've talked about, is going to make a stop. Which will step up? And honestly, that's the game for me. Yeah. It, for whatever sure. defense steps up and makes a couple plays, not everything. Yeah. Whoa, it could whoa. be a pick or a fumble recovery or just some something that changes the game. And even Fran said, he's like, I, I feel like both defenses are capable of doing such things, so it's just a matter of, of a fact of who comes and out and shows out. I also have no clue who's going to do it. Exactly. Um, it, it, it's a toss-up. We're going to break our football coverage a little bit to go off the wall. I like this. Uh, I like this. It's little, honestly my favorite segment. I think yeah. I wish we did it earlier. But we have – Lifestyle editor Mariah Simank asking us a couple fan questions. We're going to call it from the audience to the fans. Um, and if you want hard-hitting football analysis, skip two minutes, three minutes after this because this is not what we're here for. So we'll go with that. Who 
Hello. So my first question is, can you describe Coach Fran in three words? I'll let you go first. <laughs> I need words. to think about this for a minute. I mean, we, we knew this question 10 minutes ago, and I'm still for it. Yeah. I think Jovial is one of them. He's very composed with the media, and he seems to have a good demeanor, even if it's a big loss or not. I mean, he's a little red face, and like it, he's very jovial. Um, understated at the press conference, he's very quiet. Like very composed. He, very composed. He's very quiet. You know, you've heard him talk. He's just very like uh, I, I. I was talking to Brian Davis, the statesman. He has a perfect Fran impersonation. I wish I had that. <laughs> I don't have that. Um, and the third word. Oh man, the third word. Help me out here. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll let you think about it, and then I'll start yeah, with mine. Um, for me, I think he's he's very chatty. He's he has lo- he talks a lot. I mean, when I, I I do these press conference recaps, and I'm sitting there for like two three hours transcribing what he's saying to You're like doing the Lord's work there. Paul. Exactly. It's <laughs> it, it's it's quite the it's quite the chore. But so he talk he he's very chatty. Um, some, he, he cracks a joke from time to time. He's pretty funny, too. So I, th- I would say he's, he's, he's quite funny. And then I'm going to go with he's passionate. He's very passionate about what he does. He's been doing it for so – I don't know how many years. but I mean, I could look it up. But, I mean, he like 30-plus, I want to say. So, I mean, he's the fourth uh, highest in active coaches and wins all uh, right now. So, I mean, he's been doing it for a long time, and he loves doing it. So – Passionate would be my third word. Did you go two? Was that two or three? No, I said funny, you break the rules passionate, thing? and then my first one was chatty. chatty. Oh, okay, okay. My last word, I thought about it for a bit, perspective. Fran has a very good perspective on what his team is and what his team can be at the end of the year. He doesn't. He's not too high. He's not too low. He always understands that the, game, the season 12 weeks is a process, and he doesn't seem to like make rash statements he never really says anything crazy some like some other coaches here and other programs known to be never says those like quotable things because he's just like he'll give you some golf analogies he'll make some jokes and he'll always even if they get beat by 40 points he's always just like very calm and collected yeah i've never seen him really waver too much so I, i think perspective that's a really really good question thanks so my next question is what do you think makes this team unique um, I would say that this team – I don't know if it's been the same in the years past, but this team is very – they're very soft-spoken. They lead in a, in a very – like a very unique way. That's what I'm going to say. The, o, the OKG motto that, that Fran says all the time. Our kind of guys. You stole my stuff, man. Oh, man, dang. I, I can the see it. I saw it in your me. eyes. You're <laughs> like, dude, you just stole my, my content. You do this every week. I'm sorry. Um unique about this team i think it's that they're good um not to say that the other teams weren't good but i think this is the best iteration version whatever you say of this team i know that's a cop-out because i'm not talking about the team because they're very soft-spoken but that's because fran is soft-spoken himself and he likes to see those understated guys that just go into it i mean he didn't even talk about though that they need a leader guy that steps up more he didn't say it was a problem but he just noted he, said he wished he had one he just wished he had a couple guys that were able to say yo you're not playing well. You got to step it up. Or hey, we need to come together. And instead, they're like focus on themselves. Unique wise, I mean, what else? I don't really. Um, they, I mean, they have some characters on the team. But that's with every team. Like I can't like. I don't know. The, the I guess what's unique, like if if I'm going further into this, 
that they're more unified under Tyler Jones than they than they ever have the last couple yeah, quarterbacks. I've, Even last year, everyone he was I've just talked to has always always said that their their team chemistry is the best and it's ever been. Freshman two years ago, Tyler Arndt was not. They didn't unify yeah. behind him. Seth, sophomore year, Tyler Jones, they still weren't totally behind him because he hadn't proven himself for an entire year. Exactly. I think they're more in line with him, and they all kind of follow his lead more than they ever have. I think that's unique that they have that center quarterback. Yes, he doesn't talk too much, but he's going that. Um, these are a lot different, more serious questions that I, I appreciate. I like this question is better than last week's questions. Last week's were, I don't, I don't like, know. like, who's cuter? It's that was like, tough, putting, the, putting us beat writers on the spot. I Man, know. we got to do our job. We're just grinding every day, but – Good showing from the audience member. Hopefully we'll Thanks. break our record next week and get five. We're hoping. Um, if you want to come, you can <laughs> holler at me on Twitter. New attendance record at Texas State. Yeah, yep. <laughs> well, at the University Star Studio. Um, maybe we'll get to 24,000 by week's end. I don't and know. Who knows? We have enough room, I think. Maybe. Right? If you stacked, like, everyone on top of each other. I mean, they want to listen to us. I think we're a hot ticket. True, yeah. And I we'll mean, probably start uh, charging. Uh, yeah, we can make a lot of money. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> That's a lot of money that I could just buy on food that I desperately Taco need. Bell. You can just buy Taco Bell. Yeah. Like, I I just think of the possibilities. But I don't want to talk about it because our reliable producer okay. is uh, <laughs> shaking her head. She wants us to get to some football because she's here for that. She's one of our biggest fans, and she likes to hear that. So we'll go to over-unders. Um, we'll go rapid fire. Both the same. 27.5 points for Texas State. 27.5 points for Southern Miss. What you got? Over those? and over. I'm going over-under. I think Southern Miss gets barely under that. I think Texas State gets barely above that. Um, matchup to watch for this game. It was the last matchup that I stated in my matchups to watch uh, story, and it was for a reason. This is the most important one in my mind. And it's uh, Robert the one-two punch of Robert Lowe and Chris Nuttall versus that Southern Miss front seven. Texas State's bread and butter is having Robert Lowe and Chris Nuttall do well. If, if they're doing well, the other team's in trouble. So – uh, Southern Miss's front seven is going to have to step up, and if they don't, they're going to lose. It's the bottom line. On another note, bread and butter is really, really good. Side. Bread and butter is good. Like I understand that analogy way more because I like bread and butter, especially like at Longhorn Steakhouse. I like saying the it's, word the analogy bread and yeah. butter. Yeah, bread and butter. Bread I just like butter. the food. That's what I'm saying. Um, my matchup to watch is uh, the State offensive line. Man, these questions get me off the wall. I'm, I'm, I need. I'll get back. Uh, Texas State offensive line versus their front seven. Um, or at least defensive line, I'll go there. Okay. Because it's a big talking point. Keeping Tyler Jones clean obviously is always important, but I just feel like it's really relevant when Fran's talking about it this week, and especially since uh, Romero and Bel uh, Melton and Ballard are playing their second game against Southern Miss, and they're way different players, so I want to see them how much they changed. Do you have a bold prediction for this game? Let's go bold. Let's not do any, like, my Thomas Mejia stuff where he so, says nothing. Okay, my bold prediction. So, so far – Texas State does not have an interception whatsoever. So my bold prediction is that there will be a Bobcat in the, in the secondary that will have a pick six in this game. Ooh. Not just a pick, a pick Ooh. six. Do you have like a – I mean, I have four names written down, David Mims, Brandon McDowell, Dylan Rosemond, and Easy uh, – on a, well, how do you Anyama. pronounce it? Anyama. Or I might get that wrong, but – But whatever. one of those four, the starting uh, – the starting secondary. Man, I don't know why I don't have a great ball It might prediction. even be like a linebacker, Trey McGowan, Tim Gay, so, but someone is going to get a pick six. That's my bold prediction. I'll go bold. There hasn't been that tackling machine that like David Mayo where he'd pick up 15 True. to 20 True. every year. So I think one linebacker, I can't give you specific whether it's – I mean, maybe I will, How but McGowan, Jader Gelman, or Tim Gay, I think one of them is exceeding 15. 
That's, that's a solid. Lot. That's a lot. I think that's I was, bold, I right? I thought you were going to say 20. No, no, I can't go that's that much. That's a bit excessive. 15's, I think 15's, 15's pre- a great game. Yeah, I, and they, I don't think anyone's exceeded 10. Maybe they have, but I don't think it's I, been there. I don't think so. Not, it's not been very knowledge. just balanced across the board. At least not board. this year. So I think 15, one of them will do it. Score prediction um, as we wrap up the show. This is kind of a close game. I, I'm very. It's been back and forth. Power index says it's 63, 37%. That's a good, almost a coin flip split. Yeah, I think Texas State will break the uh, the point spread. It's a three. Uh, Texas State's a three point favorite, and I think they were going to win forty two to thirty five. All touchdowns. All likes the touchdowns. I like touchdowns. Or that could be like I could go 40, 45 or forty eight if you or want. That could be fourteen field goals. You know, Lumicaba, fourteen field goals. <laughs> Legend of San Marcus. Let's just do it. I got a feature Let's coming make out it soon. Rain from the Bobcat Stadium would be like heaven. Yeah, um, have for us like, Lumicaba like fans. a bunch of fifty and sixty yard field goals. <laughs> just could you imagine? We just run two plays and kick. Run two plays and then kick. Run two plays and then kick. Yeah, you win the game. It's bo- over. It's a bold it's strategy, not, Cotton. It's it's gonna work out. I I, I believe so, in it. So yep, I think they're um, gonna win by at least seven. My prediction for this game is thirty-one uh, twenty-seven. I think it's close. Like you said, four points. Um, I don't know if it'll be 40. I think 40 is kind of high, but I think this one will be uneasy for the entire game, and it'll be a lot easier for us to cover because we won't be just staring and, like, typing furiously. We'll get to watch the game. Yeah, we'll get to watch the game, which is nice because Prairie View didn't let us watch the game. Um, We're sitting here tweeting the whole time. Shout out to the Panthers defense who can't defend me. Um, (laughs) So that's how we're going to wrap up our show. For Paul Livingood, uh, for Mariah Simank, for producer Imani McGarrell, I'm Keith Ramirez. Peace out.